This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Just to be clear, Governor, where and when would you use military action? Military action where it would be used when it was absolutely necessary to protect American lives and protect American interests around the world. We are not the world's policemen. That's Chris Christie at the debate Thursday night. And I just think it's important to point this out. He says, protect American lives. Got that. Protect American interests around the world. And actually, I'm not even sure we have an obligation to protect American lives around the world. And I know we don't have an obligation to protect American interests around the world to the extent that what he is really talking about is using the American military, taxpayers' money, our children, our sons and daughters who are soldiers, in service of what he's calling American interests, but are really... In my observation, the interests of cronyists, of globalists, of it basically subsidizes oil companies doing business uh, overseas. It does it. It softens up these other countries so so that uh, an energy company that's doing business there doesn't have to deal with that government. And I think of it in this way. As an analogy, if you build, if you bought a piece of beachfront property in Venezuela and the government nationalized it, would you expect the Marines to land there and fight for you? No, you took a chance in a sovereign country that you whose government you don't approve of that you couldn't trust to buy some land there to try to do business there. And it failed. That's the whole thing with sovereignty. People want sovereignty for our borders against immigrants and migration. I understand that. But you have to respect the sovereignty of other countries. And I'll tell you, if you stopped fighting wars for these other for American interests abroad, we would become energy independent overnight. We would just have to. We subsidize this. And it started with uh, what was called Operation Ajax. You can check that out Uh even just on Wikipedia, where British Petroleum at the time asked the U.S. and the British government asked the U.S. to help uh, out, oust a democratically elected leader of Iran, Mossadegh, who wanted to nationalize the oil fields. And I'm not a f- in favor of nationalizing anything anywhere, but it was their country. Who knows what the origin of those agreements with BP were and we did that. We conduct. We helped them uh, with a coup. We killed hundreds of people under a false flag, and that kind of set the tone for how business is done over there. And and Christie seems unapologetic about it. But I think it's important to realize what he's saying exactly. But I want to talk more generally about who who is going to take these primaries, these caucuses. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty one eight hundred WSB Talk. We were talking about Trump before the break, and it seems to me a lot of Republican primary voters like Trump, or maybe that's just a disproportionate amount of people who I know or who call or call the show. But but is it possible? Could Trump win the general election? I'm not sure. And uh, I want to know what you think. And I also noticed that Jeb seemed to make 
change my opinion of him. I, I did in August, I did a show who of the top 10 GOP candidates, what my list was. Jeb was nine out of 10 for me then. Without even looking at that list, after this debate on Thursday, I did that exercise again. Who who are my top, whatever, eight, I guess it's down to now. Now Jeb is my fourth pick. Isn't that crazy? And I, who hate the establishment, hate it. Jeb offends me less than half of the people up on that stage. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's really his tactic to kind of distance from the warmongering accusations that are leveled against the Bushes by his kinder, gentler side. I don't understand why he hasn't given up. Maybe there is a chance for Jeb. I I bet he would do better. Well, I don't know about that, but I wouldn't be surprised if his moderate demeanor would serve the Republicans better in the general than Trump's bombastic demeanor. But I do want to know what you have to say. I'm going to Randy. Hi, Randy in Athens. You are on with Monica. Monica, I appreciate it. I want to tell you, I am a conservative, but that's not, I'm not here to debate anything. I want you to know that I do listen to your show because I do value your opinion, and you give it to us like it should. And the reason I bring that up is that we, as Americans, I think, spend more time on learning how, uh, what our, how to get the best cell phone, and we study more about that than we do uh, our next election. And, and, and we always go out there and and watch a minute commercial right before voting time and that's who we pick you know as far as uh as trump is i think that in the beginning uh the the media called on to him just to see if he was going to be anything dumb come out of his mouth and then all of a sudden people started listening to him so they had to start listening to him but here's what I'm looking for it in the long run. Who are these people, meaning Trump, whether it's Cruz, whether whoever, who are they going to surround themselves with and going to be those people that say, yeah, we can't go into this country, these sovereign countries, you know, you're not the, you know, who am I going to, uh, I don't want to see them surrounded by yes men or women, by no means. Yeah. And that's what I'm afraid of that we have already uh, with Obama, and we've got to have that, and 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 with Trump's background, does he have people that that say no to him? I that that actual thought I hadn't thought about it with Trump, but I did think about it with Ben Carson. I thought this guy is highly influenced specifically by like the generals and stuff, stuff he doesn't understand. He talks about it. he's like, you have to listen to the experts. Boy, that makes you vulnerable to any kind of kind of organized institutional, you know, the stuff that isn't elected, what they call like a shadow government. Trump seems savvier than that to me. But I also sometimes somebody who's very pragmatic, let's just get things done. Who cares where the chips fly? There are victims of that casualties. And I'm not talking about foreigners that I'm worried about. I'm talking about when uh, you start thinking that the Bill of Rights, Christie does this too. They don't care really about the Bill of Rights because they need to get a job done. And, yeah, and, and, and there's going to be, you know, I mean, because, you know, there's going to be a time where U.S. president is going to have to say, I have to make this decision. But by God, who around me have I really listened to? And are those the right people that I need to listen to? And once you're my friend, yeah. you know, that I'm picking. Once you're in place, you really cannot trust those people. I've read more than once that 
the uh, kind of high cabal we were talking earlier about 100 years ago this started, where they infiltrated the State Department, infiltrated the White House. Uh, they, they know that all you have to do is control what the president sees, hears, believes. He is not surfing the web at 2 in the morning like I am, trying to find the real truth of things. He is trying to juggle a thousand things at once, and he absolutely, just like any CEO, he's probably got five direct reports, and he's going to have to believe those people, trust those people, but they're not going to be the guys who worked with him in real estate. He doesn't have the experience with those people. It's going to be new people to him. He he, And maybe that's why... Uh, it's a rallying cry to say someone who has like political experience has been an executive, but of course those people are universally considered corrupted. So it's like, you can't win for losing. Thank you, Randy. I'm going to Robert in Atlanta. Hi, Robert. You're on with Monica. Oh, uh, yes, Monica. Um, let me just start by saying, if you had a lineup of people, Kasich on one end and Trump on the other end, you would go from uh, the most sane, the best person who understands the government best person has had success in government, to a person on the other end, uh, whose name starts with a T, that is a, uh, certainly a, a, a arrogant, pompous rear end, okay, who, who is a mile wide, one inch deep in terms of his substance. His speeches consist of cliches and slogans. Uh, and and uh, uses words like it's a disaster, or they're incompetent, and stuff like that. Like he knows stuff. And and by the way, my credentials is I built a building, and I'm very very rich. I think that what Lindsey Graham did with Jeb Bush in terms of start creating an alliance, that as time marches on, and if they see the success that uh, uh, Trump has and insulting people's intelligence, but in spite of that, they vote for him. Um, I think that there's going to be some, some uh, the establishment group is going to figure out uh, who they're going to support and they're going to band together against them. Are you, you a likely Republican primary voter, Robert? No, I'm not. But I'm, I'm telling you that the one guy that really is the right person is Kasich. Okay. You know, I, I I liked, actually, he fell for me. He was like my number two, I think, in August. I was saying how I, I saw these guys. Yeah, he was two out of ten for me in August. He's five out of eight for me now. He went down because I did like the way he sounded like a guy who understood free markets but could still operate within government. But the last debate, not this one, the one before, he was talking a lot about... Uh, about breaking Iraq into three pieces and boots on the ground. And then I realized he likes to talk the, the positive, optimistic, economic, get things done stuff that appeals to all conservatives. But in the end, he's an insider through and through, and he wants what all the real hardcore insiders want, and that's big, big war in the service of the military-industrial complex and not in the service of the national security or the security of Americans in America. But that's, uh, maybe people don't get a different impression. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. More calls after this. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. We might wake up to a light dusting of snow tomorrow morning. 49 is forecast to be Sunday's high with a low Sunday night of a cold 29 degrees. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. 
And we are talking about the GOP field and, uh, oh, but I want to first give away the McDonald weekend prize pack. Uh, the first person to answer this question, it's, you got to listen. This week, an actor died. He played an alien in one of my favorite movies. So I've talked about this movie before on the air. So if you know either the name of the actor or the movie where this guy played an alien, you will get the weekend prize pack. Call 404 uh, 7410750. Sorry, I get uh, the numbers mixed up. From the regular line, 7410750. And the family, it is a family four pack of tickets to an upcoming Atlanta Gladiators game at the Infinite Energy Arena. And a family four-pack of tickets to the Great American Motorcycle Show, January 29th to 31st at the North Atlanta Trade Center. So the first person to call with either of those names gets that. I'm going to quickly go to Michael in East Cobb. Hi, Michael. You're on with Monica. Can you hear me, Michael? Yeah. Okay. You got it. Give me, in a nutshell, what you have to say. Okay. Well, what I wanted to say is about Donald Trump, I watched the last debate. And I think he really pulled through ahead of the rest of the crowd. And Ted Cruz, I'm not 100% sure about his citizenship eligibility in the United States, you know? Yeah, oh, I, I'm with you there. I think that's a big issue. And I think the fact that Trump brought it up, which people tend to trivialize what he has to say, other than his hardcore supporters, I think that was designed or certainly had the effect of making people groan. When, when Cruz was asked the birther question, people groaned. I mean... It's a real question. So I think it's important uh, to, to think about what, what we're being told and how we're being told. I want to talk about that birther question. I think that's important on Ted Cruz's issue. Uh, I think I do want to know for Terry, I'm going to get you after the break, but I, uh, you're a Trump supporter. And I have a very important question about this. If it seems to me a lot, a lot of people who are going to vote in the primary like Trump. But I also feel like he is very polarizing. And before the break, we heard from Robert, who said, who reflected the contempt that people have, you know, in the center and to the left uh, of Trump. And I just don't know. I do not get the feeling he could win a general. But I'm going to ask you, Terry, and I want to hear the general audience do you think he could uh, Trump could win the general 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB talk this is Monica Perez Hillary Clinton is getting some serious competition from Senator Bernie Sanders he's now at 41 percent in the latest CBS New York Times poll Vice President Biden sang his praises saying Bernie is speaking to a yearning that is deep and real, and he has credibility on it. So what does it say about our country that a candidate who is a self-avowed socialist and who doesn't think a 90% tax rate is too high could be the Democratic nominee? Well, if that's the case, uh, we're going to win every state if Bernie Sanders is the nominee. That's not even an issue. But look... (laughs) And I know Bernie, and I can promise you he's not going to be President of the United States. I agree with Kasich. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice, so you don't always hear the same talking points on uh, the left or the right from me, but I can evaluate these guys on their face. And I think 
Kasich is right about Bernie Sanders, but I would have thought the same thing about Obama. He 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 had similar credentials in that he really is a socialist. I don't think there was any question about that. He's I think had more charm than Bernie Sanders for a lot of people uh, to cross the aisle. But if uh, my that makes me think about all the rumors that I think some of them were pretty uh, undeniable about kind of funny business at the polls. Actually, there are plausible stories from all four of the last presidential elections that there's funny business behind counting the votes, either through the electronics or like one county in Ohio. Did it not have more Obama votes than actual registered voters? Or is that like an urban legend? I think that's real. And my my thing is, it doesn't even matter if you can prove or disprove that stuff. If you're not if you can't see paper ballots from the time you cast them to the time they're counted, uh, if you can't monitor that yourself in any real tangible way, you're really just Uh, It's just a matter of faith. You just have faith in the government to do this right. So when people are behind Trump, if Trump is really an outsider, if the establishment is really against him on the left and the right, do you think he could still actually win? Do you think that they'd be sitting there counting the votes or looking at their electronic voting machine and just saying, darn it? Trump won and we're just going to have to give it to him. I, I don't know. Like, I'm that cynical. I'm not even sure that's true. So I want to uh, I want to see what you have to say. I'm going to ask Terry. Terry's a Trump supporter. Terry, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. How you doing today? Good. How are you doing? Good. Listen, here's what I think. I think Trump not only can win, I think he will win. And the reason I like Trump, we need a proven performer and a proven leader to take an objective look at everything the government does. So you think that, do you think that the Republican establishment is secretly behind Trump, that they're in favor of him winning? First off, I don't know who the Republican establishment is. I haven't figured that out yet. But I know people want Trump. We need a new, fresh look. So do you think that all four of the last presidential elections, absolutely, it was like one citizen voter, one vote, the vote got counted, and all that stuff's on the up and up? Because I really have questions about that. No, I don't think I don't think we got voter fraud. I don't think that's what's going on. No, I don't. I don't worry about that at all. I think I just, Trump's going to be, be a big winner. That's what I think. Maybe, but I I just remember when I was at Stanford and I was there was an exchange student, a Danish exchange student, and he told me he voted for Clinton, and I thought. Uh, how can you vote for Clinton when you're not a citizen? He said, they just asked me if I wanted to register to vote, so I did, and I I was horrified on two levels. I thought it was an absolutely immoral thing for the guy to do, and I was totally horrified. I really couldn't believe that uh, our system was such, so was corrupted. To me, I thought after that, I was like, Clinton is not a legitimate president because this one person, and who knows how many others, voted for him who had no right to vote. And after that, I started to get cynical about even the process in general. But uh, I'm going to go to Johnny. Johnny in Atlanta, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. How's it going? Hey, Johnny. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm torn over Trump. I have uh, a couple of points why. Um, Oh, by the way, you you were talking about Alan Rickman and Hans Gruber, who just died. Yes, uh, Jennifer and Duluth won the. Did you win already? Okay. Sorry. Yeah, you got to call right. the. Yeah, I got to call the prize line, which I didn't. I didn't say very well. Oh, she yeah. won. I was talking about Alan Rickman, who played Doctor Lazarus in Galaxy Quest. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. love Alan Rickman. Yes. Um, 
right, so here's here's my thing about about Trump. It's you, ever, you go in a coffee shop, right, and and you see people working on their laptops. And when you're in a coffee shop, from time to time, somebody comes up to you and, and they say, "Hey, can, can you watch my laptop?" You know, because they're going to the bathroom or they're going to go outside or something. Right. Before that moment. They look around and they make a choice of who they're going. What stranger are they going to trust yeah. with their their life that's in their laptop? Yeah, laptop, essentially. So there's two choices. There's somebody who's you know unshaven, uh, hole in his jeans, you know, long hair, and then there's somebody who's not not like a mean, uh, stereotypical uh, Catholic nun, but a sweet old looking Mother Teresa like nun. <laughs> Okay. They're always going to ask Mother Teresa to watch their laptop, <laughs> and the elite know how to look, talk, and be pretty much indistinguishable from this Mother Teresa, and they know you're going to choose her every single time. That's funny that you should say that, because I was at dinner one time in, uh, it was when John Edwards was running uh, strong, like he was like the young people's choice in the in the Democratic primary process and i was at dinner with a woman who said she i'm i have no doubt she was telling the truth said that she was politically active and she was also like from an old connected family and she said let me just tell you that john edwards is the salt of the earth he is such a good man he is so dedicated to his wife after his son died he was he is the most dedicated, loving family man. She was really like telling me with tears in her eyes, like how moved she was by this guy. And then when all the stuff came out about how he was, I think it was that he used campaign money to support his mistress and his love child while his wife was dying of breast cancer. I mean, yeah, that terrible. that was the that was the power of this guy's charisma personality. They say the same thing about Bill Clinton and even to some extent George W. Bush, where you just but Bill Clinton really was just one of those guys where you were just mesmerized by his charisma and his ability to penetrate by looking in your eyes. There is I, that could be the the single greatest quality of a politician is just that ability to lie to your soul. So, but what's your yeah. point? <laughs> you must have had a point. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that my my point is is, is what you're saying. It, I mean, is that Trump? Are you saying that that well, that Trump it, is the it, fake it, Mother Trump, Teresa? Yeah. Well, Trump is. I'm not. Sh- I'm not. You're not sure. Where I'm torn because right. also to to do to win and kind of fight against them, you you're going to have to be independently financed like he is, and you're also going to have to, you're going to have to uh, appeal to what to what's going on with people. And I think even in his brashness, he's uh, he's appealing to that. So that that could be the Mother Teresa understanding what people want and how they feel. And uh, another angle on it is. I, I think if the I think he could get attention because of his money anyway that that Rand Paul or Ron Paul did not have the ability to do, and I think if the elite understood that, they might just use him to, or he could be doing it on purpose. But anyway, he could do all these things, and they could just gauge the temperature of the temperature of the people, and they could just collect psychometric analytic data on people oh. and manipulate them better. I oh I actually think that one of my. Uh, one of, uh, what I think is a real possibility for Cruz and Trump is after I read that Ted Cruz had hired a couple of very high level strategy firms to do psychometric uh, categorizing of different people and how to deliver his message to people who fit into different categories like neurotic, stoic, honest to goodness, like that's the kind of stuff they said. I realized that if these guys don't make it, they'll actually be able to 
profit probably uh, privately with those tens of millions strong databases with the deepest, deepest information about people. So there could be, I mean, it could be much, way deeper than we think. I'm going to go to JP in Snellville. Hi, JP. You're on with Monica. Hey, hi, Monica. Listen, I'm a conservative. Uh, I was in the Casey bandwagon. Now I'm in Marco Rubio. There's no way in hell Trump has a chance to win at the national level. Why? He not start. He just not. He's, he people don't understand this. Just because he's leading with 34 percent, 40 percent for the right wing conservatives, uh, the right wing, uh, the conservative uh, side, you can't win at the national level. You can have 60 percent. Yeah. The Republicans in the primary. You still need to draw independents. Yeah. Democratic, younger people. A lot of those that I just mentioned hate Trump. I think he's very polarizing. That's right. It's like a third. I just roughly think of it as a third, a third, a third, a third uh, independent, a third Democrat, a third Republican. If he alienates, he he absolutely alienates all all Democrats. There's going to be no Trump Democrats. Monica, he has alienated some members that support uh, the the Jeb Bushes and Ted Cruz. You can't do that. Those people are not going to suddenly vote for him in a national election. Right. I remember when they were saying uh, some people said they would rather vote for Obama than Ron Paul. Uh, some Republicans, some Republican candidates were saying that they don't if the establishment is really against them, they would rather have an establishment Hillary Clinton than uh, than an anti-establishment Trump. If he really is anti-establishment, I'm not so sure. But I agree to the extent his rhetoric is polarizing. He absolutely could not could not win the big election. I'm going to Bert and Calhoun. Bert, you're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. It's really refreshing to hear somebody really talk about the issues um, the way that they need to. But as far as Trump goes, you know, some people say that he's not the smartest guy and he doesn't have a whole lot of meat. But I think it's different. I think the guy is really smart, and he's so smart, in fact, that he understands that the majority, on, on average, the American people cannot digest true answers to the issues. And I think he keeps everything in layman's terms for a reason. And I think it's working. I know. I hate that. And I'll tell you, Bert, you started your conversation by saying you love to have this refreshing, deeper conversation that you and I are having. And I love that, too. And I know it's possible, but it takes time. And these guys with their sound bites, even on the debate where they could have given them time to get into real issues like free trade or whatever, they they cannot dig into those issues. The attention span just is not there. And it really takes a lot to focus on not caring about really conveying that stuff and just caring about how you influence people's emotions, which is a pity. I mean, it's, it makes me question democracy because it's so, it's so much more emotional than intellectual, it seems like. Well, I think it gets back to the educational system. It's been completely dumbed down. You On know, purpose. Rand Paul has some really great answers to a lot of our problems, but the people just don't understand what he's saying in, in the debate. Well, I'll Trump tell you, keeps it simple. maybe they did because it. I felt like he, they did not want him on that debate stage. And I felt like it had to have been because CNN made an exception for Carly Fiorina. They could have made an exception. I myself have been railroaded that way before you get somebody on the margin and you can throw it whichever way you want. 
He is the only one on that stage, regardless of even his answers. He is the guy who was questioning the assumptions, the assumptions about the narratives in the Middle East, the assumptions about what's good for our national security, brought it back to the national debt. And everybody's in bed with the banks, as far as I'm concerned, even Donald Trump, who doesn't take their money. I wonder when he says he's worth five billion dollars, how much of that is the way you feel like your house is worth? $500,000. You know, if your mortgage is 400 grand, you still say your house is worth 500 grand, but you are uh, beholden to the banks to keep that going. So I feel that that uh, that Rand Paul could actually put things simply and people could grasp it, which is why he was a threat. Wrapping it up after this, if you're on the lines, hold on, I'll get you. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It is going to be even colder on Monday than it is tomorrow. Martin Luther King Day, the high is forecast at 39 with a low of 21 overnight. The uh, weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. I am wrapping up the show. I'm going to give Bill in Atlanta the last word. What you got for me in a nutshell, Bill? Hey, Monica. I'm just uh, sort of like you. I'm sort of cynical about the voting. Um, I, I, uh, I can go to an ATM machine and I can get receipts for whatever I do if I want one. But I can I cannot get any kind of paperwork or paper trail or receipt for my vote when I go to these electronic voting machines. I'm gonna vote. But yeah. I you know, I just I just don't know if it really matters. I'm with you. I, I, I cannot resist the temptation to vote. Sometimes I question whether it makes sense to vote because what you if it is corrupted you're validating a corrupt system. If we all go and vote, we think it's working. If if everybody stayed home, like Syria had a vote, 95% of the people voted for Assad. What you think is, well, it can't be legitimate, so who cares, right? Because you just don't trust the vote. Here, we trust the vote, so it really legitimizes what's happening to us, and I wonder if that's a bad thing. I cannot resist the temptation to vote. I always vote, but unless I see it from... The time I cast it to the time it's counted. And I, I was listening to a, a podcast on, I think it was VoterGA.org, uh, where they just explained it so clearly that electronic voting is really transfers any kind of accountability for voting to just faith in the government. And I worry about that. But uh, I am going to keep voting. This is Monica Perez. You can listen to my podcast of this show. I also had another show this week on Thursday night if you missed it. I'll put that up on my website Monday or Tuesday. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. Sometimes I make room for basketball. But uh, you can always find out where when I'm going to be on at my website, MonicaPerezShow.com.